How's everybody feeling? Hopefully you're you're feeling well, and hopefully that this contributes to a nice night as we're getting together at uh, 6.58 p.m. on one clock, 7 o'clock on the other. So now we are a two-minute, a solid two-minute differential as the conspiracy to control time by either Windows or Apple continues. And I just want to welcome you aboard to a September 27th show. I feel like I have several friends that have a September 27th birthday. If it's your birthday as well, I wish you a good one. I hope it was a, uh, a satisfying one and not a stressful one. So that's what we have going on for Tuesday evening as far as the date goes. Now, as far as what we're going to be talking about, tonight's guest, we have a first-time guest tonight, one I've been waiting to talk to for some months now. I love his work. His name is Ryan Gable. He's an author. He's an occult scholar and host of the Secret Teachings radio show. You can find all the information on that at thesecretteachings.info. We'll open up with a little uh, crazy news about the likely sabotaging of the Nord Stream 1 and 2 gas lines connecting Russia and Germany. Then we'll bring on Ryan Gable to talk about occult ritual baked into current events current events like Nord Stream. I don't know if he has anything on that, but uh, I have heard so many of his appearances doing these these really incredible breakdowns between historical synchronicity and numbers and everything else. So I know it's going to be a, a really great one and hopefully the first of many with Ryan Gable as a guest and as a uh, correspondent for such things. So welcome aboard. I want to thank my sponsor tonight, which is SecretNatureCBD.com. Boy, do I wish I had smoked two CBD pre-rolls before going live tonight. I would have taken those to the face. But there's always afterwards, right? There's always afterwards. There's always tomorrow for dreams to come true. Christmas is coming before you know it. But for now, we are in Vincent Price territory. All right, so go to secretnaturecbd.com. It is a wonderful way to jam-pack your natural medicine chest full of great stuff from a company that has spent over 20 years cultivating the finest of organic cannabis products. So high in CBD, so low in THC that it's legal to ship all over the place, no matter what form you want it in. Oil, tincture, pre-rolls, that's L's and J's. It's up to you. It's a nice little addition to the uh, the work week and the weekend, if you ask me. Secret Nature CBD, use promo code FRANKLY in there for 20% off. Uh, after Ryan tonight... After Ryan Gable, we don't have uh, we don't have any guests for a little bit. I, I have a few things. We don't have any guests until next week. But I have a lot of stuff to do. And there may be some people stopping by just uh, just for the hell of it. So, I mean, y- you never know about that. Maybe Friday night, Matt will be in here. Uh, but tomorrow is Wednesday. And then the day after that is Thursday. Who knows? Maybe it's good to have the flexibility. But... Maybe I can also work a little bit of magic as well. All right, let's get into our grab bag, which is actually going to be the main table setter for everything else. I know that this this hurricane is hitting Florida now. This is another one of those reasons why Florida, 
the Carolinas, all that area in the country is just one of those places where I'd love to consider living. And then there's this. Then there's this, because every once in a while, more often than, I mean, hurricane season is their season. This Ian is making landfall earlier than expected, as 2.5 million people are uh, ordered to evacuate in Florida. Federal officials, this is from the Epoch Times, said in a recent update on Tuesday that Hurricane Ian is expected to make landfall earlier than previously expected. The Category 3 storm is forecast to pick up intensity on Tuesday and Wednesday before making landfall on Wednesday evening, according to the National Hurricane Center. Ian is moving toward the, the north near 10 miles an hour. Jeez, that's slow. But obviously it's ahead of schedule. So, I mean, is it fast? This motion is expected to continue today. A turn toward a north-northeast with a reduction in forward speed is forecast tonight and Wednesday. The center for the storm is slated to move over the southeastern Gulf of Mexico today before going west to Florida Keys on Tuesday night. Then it will approach Florida's western coast on Wednesday and Wednesday night, the agency said. So, um, talking about the storm surge here, landfall is expected to be late afternoon on Wednesday between the Tampa and Fort Myers area. According to an NHS, uh, NHC model, the timing, track, intensity of the storm could change, and I hope it does for the better. Um, but they're saying that storm surge for Venice, Punta Gorda, and Fort Myers will be 8 to 12 feet. And Tampa will see... Anywhere between five to eight feet. So that's uh, that's it. That is it. So uh, obviously, emergency has been declared, and everybody's being evacuated. And I hope many people go and heed that warning and just just go up a little further. So so there you go. Just letting you know, and all of our viewers out there who are in Florida and and may get this, we're thinking of you it's most we can do at this point all right here's another little something this actually seems inappropriate after reading that kind of a news but i i don't i can't i don't know if i can rewrite the show i don't have anything else to go to a mom is left in a hospital for days after a dog poos in her face as she slept amanda gomo was sleeping with her mouth open when she woke up wait is this real Whales online. Okay. When she woke up uh, as something squirted into it. A woman spent three days in the hospital after her daughter's dog accidentally did a poo on her face while she was sleeping. Amanda Gomo, 51 years old, was taking an afternoon nap with Chihuahua Bell. A Chihuahua. That's like insult to injury. Those little rats. Little rat. Got rat shit in your mouth. When the pooch became ill and had violent diarrhea. Is this real? Immediately after the incident. Oh, she got shit on her. This can't. Well, hold on. Wait, wait. I have to go to the bottom. See if this is a parody site. The Trust Project. Is this a parody site? I don't. I don't, I don't see anything. She took a... Why did she take a picture of herself with dog shit over all over her face? Very weird. 
The mom of three was asleep with her mouth open. Uh, uh, top and tailing with Bella. With Belle. When the messy accident occurred and some got in her mouth, she ran to the bathroom to be sick, but later, intended, later ended up in the hospital with a gastrointestinal infection passed from the pooch. Amanda said, I was having my afternoon nap with Belle, like I always do, when I suddenly felt something squirt in my mouth. So, I mean, when you, when you sleep with dogs, what are we going to say about this? All right, here's the bigger news of the day. I'm going to take up the next 20 minutes doing this, bringing, uh, bringing Ryan Gable on. We woke up today. Obviously, the, the news started getting around yesterday, and I, 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 I don't know if Ryan is going to get into it, but I saw some people on places like GLP breaking down the, um, the occult synchronicity list of everything that had to do with this Draco dart satellite operation that NASA broadcasts to the world. Listen, I this looked so incredibly fake. So incredibly fake. The asteroid that's coming or or the the satellite that's coming up on the asteroid and the mission was to to fire the the um, the satellite into the asteroid to crash it into the asteroid to be a, a preliminary test for planetary defenses. Looks fake as hell. Uh, even when they landed a, a craft on that asteroid before, or a comet, you remember we got the, the images of comet, it just looked like, it looked like somebody had done a, uh, a negative image filter on well, like a back porch cam during a blizzard. I don't know what to believe anymore. I really don't. Anyway, there was a lot of really interesting synchronicity. Maybe I'll read a little bit of it when I, I get on the other side of the uh, the intermission later on. But around the same time as this Draco thing, we started getting reports out of like the Denmark area that there was a gas leak found on this blocked Russian pipeline, the, uh, the Nord Stream 1 and 2. And then Danish authorities spotted a breach near the Bornholm, uh, near Bornholm, Denmark, after Nord Stream 1 and 2 lost pressure. Here is from RT. Gas leak found on blocked Russian pipeline. Denmark has observed a gas leak near the island of Bornholm in the Baltic Sea and closed the immediate area for traffic. State media reported on Monday, the uh, discovery comes after the Russo-German Nord Stream 2 pipeline suffered a drastic loss of pressure overnight. A gas leak, here's a quote, is observed at position 54 degrees, 52.6 north, and they're giving all the coordinates. Danish Maritime Authority said in a notice to mariners, warning of danger to navigation. Denmark also closed the area in radius of five, five nautical miles around the site, which is just southeast of Bornholm. The location is now under investigation, but has not yet been confirmed. The leak is behind a sudden drop of pressure in the North Stream 2 pipeline, the Danish public broadcaster DR reported. As of Monday evening, pressure had already dropped in both lines of the older Nord Stream 1, Forbes reported, citing the pipeline operator. Uh, the cause of the drop was still under investigation. Nord Stream 1 was built in 2011, enabling Russia to, to deliver natural gas directly to Germany without having to rely on transit through Ukraine or Poland. Construction on Nord Stream 2 began in 2018 but was hampered by political pressure and economic sanctions, 
from the U.S. Wow. The pipeline was finished and pressurized by September 2021. On February 22, prior to Russia's military operation in Ukraine, the government in Berlin placed an indefinite hold on the certification of Nord Stream 2. Since then, Germany has categorically refused any suggestion from Moscow or its own people to stop blocking the pipeline. Meanwhile, the volume of gas supplied through NS1 has dropped due to what Moscow has says were technical issues made worse by anti-Russian sanctions. So, um, there's that. There's that. Now, you see, here's the th- other thing, and I, I got to say, this is, again, one of my biggest red pills on NATO. Germans, the Germans, in, uh, the Germans' dependence on Russian energy was my NATO red pill moment. Okay, so um, why this nation needs to huddle together with almost all the other nations in Europe and elsewhere to protect themselves from the scary Russians when they're getting most of their energy needs satisfied by Russia, I said, okay, this is nonsense. Nonsense, another military funding grift, all at the expense mostly of the U.S. and and uh, and also at the expense of maintaining some kind of a boogeyman that could be cashed in on in Russia for whenever the hell they need it. And obviously they need it right now. And the other thing is there too, would you buy anything from someone you truly thought was obsessed by destroying you or dominating you in some way? Would you buy anything, literally anything? No, I don't think so. And then, of course, there's people saying that it's the Russians. Here's uh, uh, NBC News. Europe investigates attacks on Russian pipelines in Europe. Seismologists in Denmark and Sweden say they had registered two powerful blasts on Monday in the vicinity of the leaks. Europe was investigating on Tuesday what Germany, Denmark, and Sweden said were attacks which had caused major leaks in the Baltic Sea from two Russian gas pipelines at the center of an energy standoff. But it remained far from clear who might be behind the leaks that were first reported on Monday or any foul play, if proven, on the Nord Stream pipelines that Russia and European partners spent billions of dollars building. German economy minister... Uh, Robert Habeck told business leaders the leaks were due to targeted attacks on the infrastructure and Berlin now knew for sure that they were not caused by natural occurrences or events or material fatigue. Sweden and Denmark's prime minister said that leaks were clearly caused by deliberate actions with information suggesting likely sabotage while Poland's premier blamed sabotage without citing evidence. Russia, which slashed gas deliveries to Europe after the West imposed sanctions over Moscow's invasion of Ukraine, also said sabotage was a possibility and that the leaks undermine the continent's energy security, which it does. Now, of course, you can just tell the kinds of people that are saying, it's definitely Russia. This is classic Russia. Yeah, where'd you hear that? Victoria Nuland and Marco Rubio? There's some interesting things happening, though, around the time, around uh, the same time. Uh, Velocity Tom is one of many Twitter accounts and other people who are threading on this area. See PowerMagazine.org from not too long ago, June 14th of this year. Experimentation was conducted off the coast of Bornholm, Denmark. So you got the, the U.S. Navy out there, specialists doing things right around the north. The, you, you see where Bornholm is. You see where the two leaks are. 
And we already know that the U.S. Navy has been out there. Who knows? You're right. Uh, here's a little bit more. Drawer full of covert action plans. Uh, explosive Ordnance Disposal Unit is a cover for undersea installation of explosives. Typically, the drills do almost the exact opposite of what is said, like with the pre-9-11 drills. Crown Vigilance, for instance, equals White House Stand Down. And then uh, a little bit more just in from the 22nd. I mean, for the 27th today, the CIA had weeks ago warned Germany about possible attacks on gas pipelines in the Baltic Sea. German magazine Spiegel. How interesting timing. A little CYA, a little cover your ass. Again, why would it be Russia? Why would Russia need to sabotage these lines when they can simply turn off the valves completely? If one is already being semi-boycotted um, and the other one could be turned off completely... Secondly, here is Joe Biden. Here is Joe Biden. Where the hell is he? Here he is right here. Then we're going to take a really quick break and jump onto this on the other side. Here's Joe Biden not too long ago being asked about the Nord Stream and the, this, uh, this pipeline that obviously benefits Russia and Europe. And Europe. But listen to this. Very interesting. There will be, uh, we, there will be no longer... A Nord Stream 2. We, we will bring an end to it. There will no longer be a Nord Stream 2. We will bring an end to it. But, do, but how, will you, how will you do that exactly since the project and control of the project is within Germany's control? We will, uh, I promise you, we'll be able to do it. That's it. We promise you we'll shut down Nord Stream. So what does that mean to you? Sounds like an admission to me. I'll be right back. We're going to kick this one off. We have a lot more to do. Um, a lot more to do. And we're going to be able to jump into all different types of areas and current event breakdowns. And I think you should have a good time with me tonight. So don't go anywhere. You tune in at your own enjoyment because it is the best show since the beginning of time. It has technological advancements and a more sophisticated approach. But like every great awakening that has preceded it, it has one iron rule. Logic is a friend and truth is essential. You are now entering, quite frankly. Now take off your pants. And jacket. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's rock!
All right. Welcome to Quite Frankly, the pre-show is over. Let's get it kicked off. I have a little something on this. It's already nice and crisp at night. I don't think we're going back, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think we're going back. Sure, we're going to get some warm days, and I will enjoy them as they show up. But I think that we can put into the books that every night is going to be crisp, cool, dark, and spooky from here on in. And here we are. I want to just play that again. Here's the uh, here's Joe Biden speaking about interesting things. There will be uh, we there will be no longer a Nord Stream two. We we will bring an end to it. What do, what, how will you how will you do that exactly? Since the project and control of the project is within Germany's control, we will. Uh, I promise you we'll be able to do it. I can't tell you, but I promise you we will blow it up. Um, I spoke with a special forces friend of mine about this. He was one of the first boots on the ground in Afghanistan. And one of the first um, one of the first to be red-pilled about the war as well as they were out there. And he said this. Uh, he said, I can't tell, because I asked him. He said, I can't tell if American forces were involved in taking it out. Other than that, I'm not surprised. These people want Europe to freeze this winter. Uh, it's the best and easiest way to get an entire nation, Germany, even a continent, to capitulate and fall in line. Germany had the fourth largest economy. Um, <clears throat> but to answer your question, that attack on Nord Stream was, again, sophisticated, done either by scuba or sub, which increases chances Americans were involved. American elite don't want Germans to use Nord Stream. And he was also... He was also I had some... Uh, other side conversations about everything going on in the world as well, too. But I but listen. I, I said I'm I'm glad you said it. Would you have a little bit more real world experience when it comes to this? But it's just a gut feeling for me. Gut feeling. All of a sudden, there is multiple countries, which means that most of them that are reporting that there was deliberate, you know, uh, deliberate attack or some kind of sabotage or an act to to disable both of these pipelines. If there was an a uh, if that was really an effort that was put forth, and they're all reporting on it, they're probably left out of the loop. I guess the confusion aspect, the confusion aspect, plausible deniability perhaps for some people. Anyway, it's obvious that there's bullshit afoot. Another provocation, more provocation, um, and that's that. And it's just it's much more than just the environmental hazard as well. On top of the Additional provocation in the sloppiest proxy war we have witnessed in the last quarter century, of course. and uh, But it could also equate to a pretty significant amount of human beings dying this winter in Europe. Because of the energy needs for people to survive in that kind of a climate. This is a crime against humanity. It could be. Now, I don't know who comes to the aid and who starts filling the gap that the Russians were, were filling. Or the Russians had been forced to vacate since all of this boycott nonsense started. I don't know who's going to be the new energy provider, but um, this could be pretty serious if that that gap is not filled. So um, I don't know if it's a little bit of arm twisting or if it's just another little bit of a killing multiple birds of one, with one stone in order to reshape the world and the major players and providers of 
one thing or another. It's just incredible to see happen. Anyway, we can talk about world war and other calamities all night with our next guest, who will be on with us in a little bit. That is Ryan Gable. Ryan Gable is a veteran radio personality and a producer for his weeknight show. That is The Secret Teachings. Now, I heard him. It airs every uh, airs at 10 p.m. on GroundZero.radio. And I actually heard him for the first time a long, long time ago on Ground Zero. That's when I found him and I said, uh, I'd love to have him on for one of these shows ourselves. And that's where we, uh, that's where we are tonight. His broadcasts focus on synchronicity and objective analysis on, listen to this, parapsychology, that is a show unto itself. I learned about uh, parapsychology uh, through interviews that I heard with one Lloyd Auerbach, and that was really interesting. Pop conspiracy, parapolitics, health history, the paranormal, symbolism, the occult, the esoteric, alchemy, magic, philosophy, and more in the most distinct ways by finding parallels and patterns often overlooked. Ryan is also the author of several books, including his esoteric masterpiece, Occult Arcana, which I actually ordered a copy of, and his compendium of synchronicity, The Technological Elixir. There's so much of that that we can go through, and I would love to get a a rundown of all of that. But I do want to also remind you guys and gals that in the second half of the show, I would like to do a little bit more of these doctor-nurse stories. There was a whole second page that I wasn't able to get to last week, and I think it would be perfect to fill in the gaps as well as with some of your calls and your super chats in the second half. By the way, go and go to, quite frankly, superchat.com. You can put in any questions you have. I'm going to try to keep an eye out for those as they come in, especially if there's anything for Ryan Gable. Because you know the good thing or the the thing that he does the best, as he says here, uh, distinct ways of finding parallels and patterns often overlooked, which is why uh, we always look for patterns. We talk about pattern recognition on this show a lot. And he picks up other types of patterns. We have other guests that do it as, as well, um, too, he's very, very adept at it, and it's uh, it's really a it's a lot of fun to listen to. So, if there are any things I want to ask him about the Queen, you know, uh, just things within the last month alone. So, obviously, the Ukraine Russia conflict. Where is that going? Where are we heading? What's going on right now? What's going on in the skies above us? This Jupiter. Uh, uh, Jupiter being um, as visible as or close to the Earth as, it go, as it's going to be for the next thousand years. That was last night. There's so much more. So much more, and I want to get around to it. If I'm forgetting any really significant current events, I just want to make sure that you guys and gals are feeding me stuff real time. So I'll make sure to, uh, to keep an out, eye out for that as we go along. All right, so... Joining us right now, this is a guy, as I said, I've been waiting to talk to for a long time, and he's on with us, Ryan Gable. How you doing, Ryan? Ryan, you there? Oh, he's with me. I see him. Hold on a second. No, no, uh, there is no audio just yet. He's speaking, though. 
We'll figure this one out. So anyway, as he's getting himself all fixed up over there, we are going to be able to jump down into other little bit, uh, first a little bit more of what he does, uh, methods for analyzing current events, and then we'll get into the events themselves. So as I said, go and jump into the Super Chats. You can even tag me on Discord if you're in there. Uh, who knows? I, I would love, I, I hope that I see everybody's input there, but um, in the meantime, in the meantime, we do what we can. Ryan, you still, uh, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not here, He's, I see him, and we're doing, we're doing well otherwise, but nothing on his end. Let's see, speakers, I'm all good. Okay, well, um, here's what we're going to do, we're going to take a little bit of a break, and when we come back, hopefully, uh, Ryan will be back with me. Hold on one second. Going to have to get this all f figured out. And... Man, that's good enough. All right. Well, a little bit of a goofy break for you. It'll break up the seriousness already. Sorry about the uh, Jack on the cell phone. Jack, what's going on today? Hey, Mike, I want to slap your butt cheeks. Okay, I heard that from Jack on Saturday. Hey, girl. Have you heard of... Superbia Credit Union? At Superbia Credit Union, it pays to be gay. Come inside. Make a deposit. Because at Superbia, you can make a transaction and get some transaction. What are you waiting for? Superbia Credit Union. We're homosexuals. Quite frankly, listen live or download it and take it with you wherever you go while you're driving, walking, working, or you <laughs> dirty dog. For all things, go to quitefrankly.tv. You like what you see? Become a sponsor. Quite Frankly streams live weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern wherever you get your podcast. So for everything, it's quitefrankly.tv. Listen, can I tell a story about sure. what this man did to me once? You may have known or heard about this. It was a true story. This is a long time ago, long before Don got married. I was eating dinner in a restaurant in New York, and uh, uh, I was sitting with, with some friends, and he came over to the table, and he said, Frank, do me a favor, will you? He said, I'm sitting with a very pretty girl, and uh, I'm trying to make out, you know. And he said, I told her I know you, and she really doesn't believe me. Would you stop by the table? I said, all right. I was just about finished. I was down to the espresso. And I, finally he went back and I walked by the table and I said, how are you, Don? Nice to see you. He said, can't you see I'm eating, Frank? What are you doing? <laughs> and I went, I went for the whole thing. You got I stood with my mouth open. All right, so we are back, and let's see if this is uh, let's see if this has worked at all. Because if it doesn't, then what we can do is we can just go to a Skype audio call. Hey, Ryan, are you there? 
I am now, yes. Oh. oh you're fine. A little bit of a restart. The old give it a restart and <laughs> that's it. I had, to gr- I had to great reset it and it worked. <laughs> Well, dude, listen, it's great to have you on. It was worth the wait, and uh, and welcome to the show. Um, so how's everything going by you, my friend? Everything here in Arizona is good as can be, with the exception of a few political policies that sort of make the city dangerous and dirty. Everything is pretty good out here in the desert. I can imagine. I can imagine. I, I, I have been taking great interest in the desert, uh, desert lore, uh, desert legends, all that lately. I'm sure you have plenty of stories of your own being all of your esoteric and occult, uh, occult leanings. And I, I got to first ask you, I want to do some cover some basics with you because for the first time a lot of a lot new people are going to be listening to you tonight and I want to know a little bit more about or have you tell everybody a little bit more about what you do on the secret teachings namely your method of analyzing current events and pattern recognition and all of that stuff well well, number one I appreciate you having me on the show tonight and uh, I did learn a few things about that pipeline in your introduction tonight so I, I appreciate that as well Wonderful. Learn a little, little, learn a little bit of something from you. Uh, my background is not really in anything, honestly. I went to film school. I was a terrible student in high school, and I was in film school in Orlando, Florida. Didn't really know anybody, so I just, I just picked up books and started reading. And I learned a lot just from reading books, mostly nonfiction. And uh, I ended up getting into a radio station by accident through film school. When I got into that film program and got into that radio station, I started to panic because I didn't know anything. I didn't know what to talk about, long story short. So I read even more books and I started to compile these different topics and themes and interesting things. I mean, it could have been ancient civilization. It could have been a so-called conspiracy, something about history. And over the time uh, that I did the radio there on that radio station, um, a lot of people didn't like what I was saying and doing. I didn't understand why that was. I just thought, hey, these are actual pieces of information or interesting ideas. So my perception of the world changed dramatically around 2011, 2012. And from that point onward, I was on a number of other radio stations from CBS to Dark Matter Radio, uh, L&M, the Fringe FM, now on Ground Zero dot radio Monday through Friday. And over those years, it's been over a decade, I learned, I think, to think for myself. And that means that I don't really approach any subject and this is, again, part of my background. I don't really approach any subject with, a, with a, a strong bias. Everybody has a bias, but I don't really approach a subject with a strong bias. I don't look at things from a black and white, blue and red, left-right point of view. And that obviously can irritate some people who are really, really strong believers in one side or the other. So one of the things that fascinated me more than perhaps anything was that you have such a a beautiful history in the human experience of symbols and myths and parables and allegories and stories, uh, different archetypes, you know, the works of people like Joseph Campbell and others. And when you look into that, you find that there's a tremendous amount of interpretation, people from different cultures, different backgrounds. You know, your, your next door neighbor might interpret a certain story or a certain symbol differently than you. Oh, absolutely. yeah, it's, 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 it's really an incredible thing because that means that, you know, a cross or a swastika or a pentagram or whatever it is could mean something different to both of us. And in that case, with that specific symbol, it can mean both of those things. And that's a lot different than the political mumbo-jumbo. It's a lot different than the, 
um, you know, the I- issues of, of social and political uh, things that are made um, very polarizing. Uh, although, yes, symbols can be polarizing, symbols and esoterica uh, is less of a physical, material thing that you can see, taste, touch, smell, and hear. It's more of something that you can absorb subconsciously, which is what we do with symbols, and we can reflect on it, and it's through that reflection and through free thought that we, in my opinion, become the, um, the expressions of spirit, soul, or divinity, call it God, call it what you will, and that's a really empowering thing. And so that's what I learned to answer your question. Uh, that's how I approach subjects. It could be anything from abortion to UFOs. I'm going to approach it in a much different way than the standard paradigm allows for. And I, I, I really, I know that because I've, I've heard it and I learned a ton because you bring so many things in and you, you notice enough. For me, I'm actually in the same, on the same level with you as far as not being a specialist in anything. Um, I, that's why I'm also a little bit hesitant when I'm asked to come on other people's shows as one thing or another, because I don't really specialize in anything. I just have a really broad, uh, broad spectrum of interests. Like a and, generalist. Uh, yeah. I just like to have a conversation and I like hearing people who are interested in sp- very specific things that have accumulated a lot of knowledge in it. Cause I like getting just, I like drinking from the fire hose. I want to have my mind blown. And, and you have done that many times, especially when it comes to really interesting and, um, and relevant uh, current events. We're going to get into some of those tonight, but I want to go still a little bit more into the basics of this. Now, when we talk about ritual and symbols and anything like that, I have asked this of several astrologers who have come on this show that talk about, you know, conjunctions of some planets and moons and one thing or another and what that means and how it could affect human events. And, you know, when Mercury is in retrograde, you know, it's bad for communication (laughs) or starting new ventures. I always ask them, well, what is it about either the, the alignment of planets or stars or, in your case, anything else? Where does the power come from in ritual? I mean, I understand the idea of energy vampirism and harvesting of life force through th- things like inflicted trauma. But why the specific considerations for dates, time, location, phases of the moon, whenever, uh, whenever one powerful group or another is looking to... Um, looking to to perform some kind of event on the planet? Well, there are a lot of ways to answer that question. I'm sure you've gotten a a tremendous amount of different types of responses. Perhaps they're similar. I look at it from the point of view of cycles, of energy, currency. You've probably heard me say before. When we look at something like, let's take Prince William, for example. Prince William was born on the summer solstice. It was not an accident. Diana's birth was induced. The birth of Prince William was induced, so he would be born on the summer solstice. Now, regardless of what anybody thinks of astrology, regardless of what anybody thinks of magic or the occult, some people that are very powerful and very wealthy, people that consider themselves royal, etc., they believe that those dates have a very, very powerful meaning, and if they are born on those dates or if they do certain rituals, etc., on those dates, they will draw down the power of whatever that date implies. So the summer solstice gives Prince William an amazing amount of unseen power because it is Letha, the summer solstice, the midpoint between the uh, equinoxes of Ostara and Mabon. 
uh, and the opposite end of the wheel of the year from the winter solstice, and that creates the cross on the zodiac animal wheel. So inside of those different uh, holidays, or they call them holy days, the holy days are the holidays that we celebrate, you have four major sabbats. You have Imbolc, Beltane, Luknasad, and Samhain. And all eight of these combined together, Imbolc, Beltane, Luknasad, and Samhain, which is our Halloween, mix with Letha, summer solstice, Yule, the winter solstice, Maybon, the fall equinox, and Ostara, the spring equinox. These are dates that are directly placed into the natural cycle by humans. This doesn't exist by nature. God didn't say, hey, here are the days of the year that you celebrate. Humans recognized the cycles of nature, the equinoxes and the solstices and the midpoints between them, and attempted to align themselves and their society with those powerful dates because here is a movement in the heaven of the sun here is a movement in the heaven of the moon we moon dates as you said are very important so throughout human history we've attempted to align ourselves with the natural order because it is powerful because it is good for all intents and purposes and because these types of things we hope draw down into us we hope to draw down the energy of the sun of the moon of the different planets into us into our lives into the actions uh, or into the rituals that we are working and participating in. So when we look at the world from that point of view, we understand it's not so much superstition, in my opinion, although superstition just means something that's left over from the past. When we understand that, it's not superstition. When we understand that, it's actually a scientific process because our ancestors looked into the sky and they said, well, there are planets here that align and the sun is doing this every year and the moon does this every so many days and if we put ourselves in alignment with those things, then it should make life a lot easier. And we might be able to derive power from these types of things. And we still do it today. Again, Prince William is a great example. But, you know, lots of families choose to plan their pregnancies around certain dates to make, you know, they want a spring baby or they maybe, maybe they want a winter baby. People do that intentionally. It doesn't necessarily have to be some conspiracy behind it. Um, but to answer your question more specifically, those days are important because of the energy and because of the history behind what has perhaps been done on those days. For example, throughout history, Samhain or Samhain was a time of celebration where people would commune with the dead. The veil between the physical and the material world was thinned, and so they would perform various acts such as communication with the dead, spirits. They would wear costumes to ward off the evil and to welcome the good all the things that we know about Halloween. And we still celebrate that today. We just might not remember or we might not be informed of the reasons for that. So again, to answer your question, these days, these times, etc., have importance. And when you're working in ceremonial magic, everything from the day of the week to the exact time of that day, it all belongs. Over the years, it's been uh, associated and assigned to certain energies, certain planetary energies, certain gods, goddesses, angels, demons. And depending on what kind of work you're doing, you try to call on the, es the essence and the energy of that symbol, which is a reservoir of energy that makes it easier for us to understand. When we look at, let's say, a character like Osiris or Isis, it's a reservoir of energy that we can look at. We see the drawings. We see the descriptions. It's easier for us to imagine, which is mostly what magic is all about, imagination, willpower, and faith. Does that make sense? I hope I explained that. Yes, yes, it uh, does. Not too complicated. No, I, you know, it, it does, and I wanted to, to, to tack on to that and ask you, because I know that you write, uh, you also write about latent powers that are in all people. 
Um, when you say that, obviously, um, I mean that would have to go hand in hand with with um, with everything you just broke down, understanding phases of planets and stars and moons and you know uh, history and of course the this whole lexicon of angels and demons and feast days and and energy because you know if, if people have latent power in anything if they attach that to a, uh, a much greater power source to boost it obviously i would have to imagine the combination of two would be important but when you say latent power are you referring to things like um physical alchemy law of attraction or are we even getting into telepathy or telekinesis what 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 in particular do you think that uh, humans are are capable of but are, are largely separated from it's a good question uh, i'm not specifically referring to those types of things that we would call paranormal or supernatural abilities okay personally i don't think that they're so supernatural i think part of the reason we consider them to be supernatural to answer your question very quickly here is because we have Hollywood movies, we have books and TV shows that depict a telekinesis or telepathy in these different supernatural ways when telepathy might be no more uh, complex than you have a loved one, a wife, a, a husband, and you get to know that person really well, uh, intimately and otherwise, different forms of intimacy, of course. And at some point in the relationship, as I've experienced myself, you start to sort of be able to read the other person's mind. And part of that is the, the building of patterns and recognition. And so again, I think a lot of what we consider to be supernatural in that sense, those different abilities, really are not so supernatural. They're more natural, and they're also very scientific. Like again, our ancestors looked at the heavens, they looked at the stars, they looked at the planets, and they were studying them and trying to understand them. That is the definition of the scientific process. In fact, one of um, the leading mythologists taught in a lot of universities, Edith Hamilton, she wrote a great book called Mythology. You can get it for like $3 at a used bookstore. And she said that mythology was the original form of science that was practiced by man. Likewise, when we understand, let's say, a connection with a loved one, a family member, a friend, we know them so well, we're so intimately connected with them, we start to read their thoughts. Hmm. And it's not, it's not some supernatural, unscientific thing. It's a very scientific thing. So scientific, in fact... Scientists have been able to transport, or what they call teleport, uh, particles uh, of, of energy, or what they call, I guess, I guess they were photons. They've been able to teleport light uh, across a body of water. Well, light is energy. Light is also information. So we could literally teleport information. I mean, these things are scientific. They're supernatural. They're natural. I think the label doesn't matter as much as the actual act and the description of what is happening. If you can read which some people can. I've experienced it. I don't know about you. If you can read what your best friend or your wife or your husband is thinking, you know what they're thinking based on patterns a lot of the time, I would define that as telepathy. So, yes, we have that ability. It just might not be exactly what we think it is because it's not the TV show Supernatural. It's not some Hollywood or Netflix movie. Does, yeah. does that make sense? It, it does. It totally does. And, um, and, and there's so much more that I'd love to get into with you as, uh, as time goes on, because I'd love to have you back. I mean, just looking through your, the, the brief part of your, your bio, I'd love to have a whole talk about parapsychology, pop conspiracy, parapop. I mean, this, this stuff all probably just comes up along the way. And while we're, while we've laid a little bit of groundwork down, let's just get into some big time. I just want to focus on, focus in on some of the bigger events that happened within the last month 
month. And obviously, because you do this so much, you probably know things and have done things that I'm even forgetting to bring up. But since you already brought up Prince William, what were you seeing, for instance, with the formation, I mean, the, the death of the queen and the formation of the new monarchy in the UK, especially with all the great reset implications? Um, I, I mean, talk a little bit about that. I, I'd love to hear the things that you were noticing. Well, that's a really fun topic. It's also a disturbing topic when you look at uh, biblical prophecy. Uh, so before I can tell you anything, I'll tell you that I'm not a Christian and I am not a quote-unquote believer in the Bible, whatever that's supposed to mean. But I read the Bible a lot, like I read a lot of other religious texts. And I see the fulfillment of prophecy, whether quote-unquote real, or perhaps staged or counterfeit or self-fulfilling prophecy, in the inevitable rise of King Charles or Prince Charles to the throne and the death of Queen Elizabeth. Obviously, she was going to die at some point. And obviously, Charles was going to be the king, we, we assumed. Uh, and we can also assume that very soon, within a few short years, we can imagine, maybe it'll take 20, 30 years, but in a few short years, we imagine that King Charles will give the throne to Prince William. So here's what I noticed I thought was kind of, um, let's call it disturbing. This is 2022, as you know. We're at the end of 2022. And we have King Charles coming to the throne. Now, he didn't take on the name King Arthur. He, he kept King Charles, and he takes power. And a lot of people believe that, um, I've heard this rumor, this is just a rumor, though, uh, that he'll hold power for, you know, maybe five, six, seven years, and then, you know, when he turns about 80, he will uh, give the power to Prince William. Total speculation, but an interesting idea, because what we do know for sure is that Charles took power after seven official days of mourning for Queen Elizabeth II. Now, that seven is important because seven is the number of regeneration and rebirth. Seven is important because Elizabeth reigned for 70 years. And when she was coronated, she went on a seven-month world tour. So when she began, she went on a seven-month world tour to 13 countries, and she ruled for 70 years. After seven days of official mourning, I read this in mainstream news, I believe it was an NBC article, Charles takes the throne. So since she died... I don't find it to be coincidental, and I'll explain the coincidental element of, of this in just a moment. I don't find it to be coincidental that she dies at the end of 2022, and that places us seven years before the 2030 so-called reset. The UN this past week was talking about 2030 being the time in which we reach the point of being able to achieve zero emissions for CO2 and Others, like Ray Kurzweil, have talked about the singularity by 2030. And obviously you have Agenda 2030 where they say by 2030 they want these 17 goals to be met worldwide. So 2030 is a, is a really, really big year. Uh, in other words, I feel that, and I hope that this doesn't come off as a religious prophecy that I believe in. That's not what I'm saying. We have a period of seven years between 2023 and 2030 that are keen to the seven years of tribulation in the book of Revelation and in the biblical or the Christian prophecy of the end times. The idea is basically that King Charles was eventually going to transfer power to his son Prince William. And if you look at the coat of arms for Prince Charles or King Charles, they have a, it has a saying on it. Uh, I, I can't uh, read the 
language, but I know from reading on different websites uh, of, uh, of the, the crown, uh, the translation of the saying on his crest, on his coat of arms, is, quote, the red dragon gives the lead. Well, in Revelation 13, 2, the dragon, and this is a quote from Revelation, the dragon gave the beast his power and his throne. Charles was also sculpted in 2002 into a winged savior, looked something like Lucifer depicted in the old paintings and drawings. He was depicted as a savior who could lead the world into a better place. Uh, and then we also had uh, recently uh, at the UN, we had the president of Serbia warning that a global war is coming, and we've had pastors and preachers and others concerned, as they have been for decades and generations, that the so-called war in Ukraine is basically the beginning of the final war, Armageddon, the end of the world, fulfilling biblical prophecy. So, once again, if we go back to the book of Revelation, they say in the book of Revelation that the beast will hold power for 42 months. That's three and a half years. So that's the midpoint of that seven years of tribulation. So this is just a bunch of information I'm throwing at you, and it might not sound like anything important to your listeners, uh, or perhaps some people are picking up the subtleties of, of what I'm saying. What it sounds like, however, is that the royal family, which are not actually British, they're German, uh, they have a history that they believe, and they tell us, maybe they do believe it, maybe they don't, they say they go back in their bloodline to the king, David, of the Bible, and that they are the descendants of the Messianic bloodline. Not true. So the prophecy, the biblical prophecy, is that a counterfeit or a false Messiah will come to power, and the book of Revelation says the red dragon will give the lead and the power and the throne to the beast. And the beast will be a counterfeit of Christ, who was born, of course, the Son of God, the Most High. And again, when was Prince William born? He was born on the summer solstice, Letha, when the sun is most high. So I don't know if it means anything, but it sounds like some people are concerned with prophecy. And it sounds like they're taking every opportunity to craft the narrative, and this is what I believe, to convince people that this is prophecy being fulfilled. So in the next couple of years, we have a billion Muslims in the world. We have uh, not as many Jews, but we have billions of Christians. These are the three dominant major religions outside of Buddhism. And I believe that a lot of people, sort of like with... Um, COVID-19 as well. People said, well, Jesus will just protect me. I don't need to worry about anything. We believe that Christ is coming back. So what will happen collectively, perhaps, is that we will expect that Jesus is going to save us. Who cares if the beast is coming to power? As long as we believe in Christ, three and a half years, Christ comes back, everybody's saved. But when that doesn't happen, because they're manufacturing the prophecy, people will start to lose their faith in God and we will be able to transition, as has been planned for at least 100 years, going back to the late 1800s, into a totally top-down controlled technocratic scientific dictatorship of the whole world. It's not an opinion. They write books about this. You so know, that's my opinion on the death of the queen. I know that's a lot. What do you think? No, in the comments? no, I, I, it, yeah, it is a lot. And I wanted to ask specifically about, uh, I was going to ask you specifically about the demeanor of Charles versus William. Because, uh, you know, William's always been very, he's been at least a visible good boy 
that mm-hmm. and and Charles of course is the one that introduced us along with the Pope to this idea of the great reset and how we need to put together a militarized yes. a militarized response to things like climate change and everything else which is ridiculous on its face but um I you know I uh, I am Christian and I believe and I talk to a lot of other other uh, people in the faith who have expressed the same fear that um, that we do way too much hands off the wheel approach to the way that the world is being worked physically and manipulated physically by very evil people um, who are manipulating events and, uh, and and hoping that those with the power to actually get in the way of all their plans will just say, well, I'm waiting for the rapture and uh, God will win in the end and it uh, doesn't matter what you do to me, but blah, blah, blah. And in the meantime, the world is being taken over. Um, I, I've had that conversation with a lot of people, fears that, that we're being a little bit too complacent and, and, uh, and, saying, and saying that people are, are trying to find a reason not to act in, in very uh, affirmative and decisive ways because of their little bit more passive interpretation of the Bible. So I understand what you're saying right there, even from a Christian, a Christian faith standpoint. That's a very interesting about end times and prophecy that's being manufactured. Um, so is so I guess from your standpoint, or from what you've laid out there, it's possible that the Antichrist could be William himself? That's my belief, but I say belief not from the standpoint of I want you to believe it and I'll die on this hill. I think he's the image or the idea or the archetype. I, I don't think that it's a prophecy being fulfilled for real and Williams, this evil guy who's going to decapitate people like left behind. I'm saying that they are positioning him to fulfill the counterfeit messianic prophecy. Gotcha. Now, now you had brought up the war, the, the Ukraine-Russia situation right now, or Ukraine-Russia-NATO mm-hmm. proxy war right now. It's in the seventh month, and a new chapter is being written within the last 24 hours alone with this pipeline sabotage. But what are we building to, because obviously you have been, this has been on your radar for some time. So save the last chapter that is being written right now for another time when you have, uh, when everybody has a little bit more of an opportunity to digest it. What do you think that we've been building toward with that and how much hand in hand is it with things like the uh, the turning over of the monarchy in the UK and, and all these uh, these elections that are coming up and, all that. So Russia, Ukraine, what do you see in there? Well, I think that what we have is a, a bit too much information. And I think we have a bit too much media. Hmm. Uh, you know, 50, 50 years ago, similar things were happening. And we were just as terrified of nuclear war. I wasn't alive. I was born in 1991, but I've, I've read history and I know people who lived during the Cold War and were afraid of uh, nuclear holocaust. So What's happening today isn't much different than what's happened in the past, but we have so much media, so many cameras focused on it, and we're focused on our screens, our TVs, computers, uh, radio shows like you and I do. It's not a bad thing. We just we have so much information that it makes us a little bit overwhelmed, and we tend to think, and I'm very guilty of this, I tend to think that the world is a lot worse and more danger than it really is. I'm not saying that it's not. I'm not saying that we're not. Um, but I think that's the balance we can reach between nothing's going on, Jesus, will, Jesus is going to save me, and, hey, it's the end of the world, apocalypse, Armageddon, fear porn. I think there's a middle ground. So my opinion is, I'll try to keep this very brief, and uh, some of this is not opinion. A lot of this is based on fact. 
back in 2014, BBC News was reporting that Ukraine had a problem with Nazi groups. In 2018, there was another report, and there's so many of these, you can find them all over the Internet. Reuters reported that there were Nazi groups in Ukraine. There were 30 different groups. Some of them were Nazis, some of them were not Nazis, but they were working with the Ukrainian government and the military to fight against separatist Russians, largely in eastern Ukraine, in those breakaway regions that are technically Russian territory. Now, that was back since 2014. Now, when this war or invasion or peaceful protest or whatever it is, insurrection, whatever this happened, when Russia crossed the border into Ukraine, I don't know what to call it because we, we call good things bad and bad things good. So yeah, that's right. Russia, goes in, R- Russia goes into Ukraine and they said that they were going to do this for a long time. Part of it's because of the advancement of NATO. Part of it's because of the biological weapons labs. And Putin originally said he wanted to demilitarize and denazify Ukraine. So follow this thought process through. The mainstream media said, no, that's not true. There are no Nazis there, despite the fact that those same publications had reported on that at least eight years ago. Then NBC News reported about a month after the invasion or a couple weeks after the invasion, they said, hey, there are Nazis there, but those Nazis aren't necessarily the same Nazis Putin's talking about because Putin's wrong and NBC News is right. Literally, the article actually says Putin's wrong that there are Nazis there, but then the headline of the article is there are Nazis in Ukraine. So it's, it's confusing. It's Orwellian. And the article goes on to say, and I just read this article today. That's, that's why I'm bringing it up to answer your question. The article says there's no way that there could be Nazis, even though NBC is saying there is, because Zelensky is Jewish. And I read that and I thought, well, what does Judaism have to do with being a Nazi? Nazism is national socialism. It's a political, economic, uh, governmental model. It has nothing to do with being, you know, religious. So when you dig into that, you find a couple of weird things. Number one, uh, a German TV station has filmed a Russian tank, uh, or excuse me, a Ukrainian tank uh, with a swastika on it. They have photographed and filmed uh, Ukrainian soldiers and the Azov Battalion, which is the Nazi group. They've found uh, them with death heads, which is the symbol used by the Nazi SS, but also used by the Knights Templar and the the Pirates of the Caribbean. not necessarily an evil symbol, but, you know, it represents poison and death. Uh, also, they've been photographed uh, in, in Kharkov in, in Ukraine. If they photograph citizens. The Reuters, the news outlet, photographs citizens with a swastika tattoo. So something's off here. We're told there's no Nazis and there are Nazis, but there aren't Nazis. Putin's not fighting them. But, but then we're financing these same groups. So much so, I don't know if you saw this today, literally they had the Azov Battalion, which is an admitted Nazi group, meeting at the U.S. Capitol. This was yesterday. Photos came out last night and today. Didn't so they see had it. Liter- I didn't see it's, it. Oh, it's unbelievable. I'll send it to you if you can't find it. Literal Nazis meeting with Shifty Shift in the U.S. Capitol. So Ashley Babbitt gets killed as an air, a former Air Force officer and a U.S. citizen, but Nazis are meeting with U.S. representatives in the U.S. Capitol. So I started to notice all these things. I'm sure you've noticed this, too. All these stories, the ghosts of Kiev, Snake Island, all these stories are made up, manufactured, fake. Pictures of Zelensky are from TV shows and movies and photo shoots. He's meeting with celebrities. None of it really adds up. You have people that are concerned about the Ukrainian border, flying the Ukrainian flag. There's people here in Tucson, Arizona, my friend, that are flying Ukrainian flags. It's all no over American the place. American flags. Yeah. No, it's all over the place over here. No doubt. It, it, it makes so you've seen that too. It makes no sense, right? None, none whatsoever. And, and I, I live in a very, 
I don't know. I th- with Tucson, well, those big cities usually trend toward uh, toward blue anyway. But uh, yes. I I live in Westchester, New York, so it's just uh, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> the only <laughs> the only rough. thing that flies higher than the uh, the Ukrainian flag over here is the rainbow flag. So yes, yeah, it's 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 a it's a totem pole. It's a hierarchy of of what is acceptable and who gets the special privileges. Yes. So yeah, you have, you have people that hate the American border, hate the American flag. But then they want to fly the Ukrainian flag over a border dispute in a foreign country. They hate Nazis and want to punch them, but they want to fly. They want to fly that flag over that border dispute to support Nazis. So it's very Orwellian. It's very Huxleyan, and it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't mean that I'm a supporter of Putin. It doesn't mean that I hate Zelensky. I personally, I don't like the guy. I don't trust him. But there's something more going on here. And I think part of what's going on is the confusion between how Zelensky can be Jewish, quote unquote and how these are Nazi groups in that, uh, in that country of Ukraine. How can Nazis be, be uh, Jewish? I'm going to explain this on my show tonight on The Secret Teachings, 10 p.m. Uh, Pacific after a Clyde on Ground Zero Dot Radio. And it goes something like this. Back in 1933, you ever heard of the Havara Agreement? No. It's fascinating. You can look this up. Uh, there are different websites. Uh, the Jewish Virtual Library actually has... They're big on anti-Semitism, but they actually have a page on this. 1933, I'll keep it very simple and very uh, uh, short and to the point. The Havara Agreement was signed between political Zionists and Nazis in the, uh, the, the German Nazi Party. They made an agreement in 1933. This was the same, around the same time that Hitler took power. This wasn't even World War II and so-called concentration camps. Those weren't built to 35, 36, to Cal and others. So this was in 33. Germany and the Nazi Party made an agreement with political Zionists, not Jews, but political Zionists, to create the state of Israel and to move Jews out of Europe and out of the Reich into that territory where Palestine is. This is basic mainstream information if you look into encyclopedias. It also confirms uh, Arthur Belfour's declaration in 1917 which was the guarantee that the United Kingdom supported the repositioning of Jewish people into a homeland in Palestine. So this was 1917. The Havara Agreement was in 1933. And then after World War II, we had the creation of the State of Israel. Now, a lot of Jewish authors have written about this and said that the State of Israel was basically created as a de facto concentration camp. We had another Jewish author named uh, Norman Finkelstein who wrote a book and said that the suffering of the Jewish people where it existed has been politically exploited to advance the aims of people that are, well, they're using the Jewish identity uh, to destroy the Jewish faith. Just like Christians, we have uh, Christian uh, faith being abused today. We have Muslim faith being abused. Regardless if you if you agree with Christianity, Islam, Judaism, there are groups that have um, openly declared agendas against those ideologies. In fact, that's the, the idea of communism actually came from the League of the Just in the 1800s, which infiltrated Christianity, Judaism, uh, in large part some Islam, in order to undermine those groups and bring religion to its knees. So long story short, what we have in Ukraine is basically the same operation that we had prior to, during, and after World War II. That state of Israel has accumulated an immense amount of wealth through being paid trillions in reparations countries are still paying reparations to israel today and this is precisely the same thing that Zelensky is doing he is demanding that the united states government pays him hundreds of billions of dollars reparations essentially 
for, well, we need support against the Russians. It's the same shakedown operation. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to do with um, uh, Nazism and Judaism and Zionism like as individual components. It's just a similarity that we find historically. So to answer your question um, uh, simplistically, what we see in Ukraine is, one, a shakedown operation to bleed other countries of what amounts to, I'm sure by the time it's all over, trillions of dollars. And it's also, I think, part of a larger, dare I say, plan or agenda to destabilize the region, to drive up the cost of food and energy, and to essentially, whether it was in Ukraine or it could have been in Taiwan, it could have been anywhere, it can be used and it can be exploited to advance the WEF agenda, which is the resetting of the world, the resetting of food, the resetting of education, the resetting of economies, the resetting of uh, of, of energy, etc. Again, it doesn't have to be that Ukraine, the whole thing was orchestrated as a plan. It could have been anywhere. It could have been in Taiwan. It could have been in our backyard. It could have been. It's the exploitation of the current situation to advance that agenda. That's what I think is going on, and I think there's a historical parallel there with uh, Zelensky and uh, the Holocaust industry as well. Now, it's, it's incredible that you bring that up. I, I had a conversation with a friend of mine earlier on today, and I was asking a question. I was asking questions about um, our, about the the pipelines and what he thought was going on, and he actually sent me another side comment. Um, he said this, and because he, he, he was talking to me about how this, there's just so much sophistication in the way that the world is being managed, divvied up, and played out, manipulated right now, which is not, you know, everybody thinks, oh, oh so, so sophisticated. It's not always a good thing. It's actually most of the time something being sophisticated is not a good thing. Simplistic is better. Um, but he said Agreed. this. When I asked him about the, about the, uh, the pipelines, he said, well, uh, you know, this is the best, it's the winter time is coming. It's the best way, easiest way to get an entire nation like Germany, uh, even a continent to capitulate and fall in line. He said this, what gets me is the collaboration between Nazis and Jews. Who would have thought in some ways uh, it's confusing yet in others following 70 years of Holocaust narrative and Operation Paperclip and how the WEF is 50 years old just now revealing itself again so simple yet very sophisticated and for you to bring that up right now um, I just thought it just that it just went hand in glove I'm glad that more and more people are seeing the same things yeah, and, and again, to be clear, as I'm sure your friend knows and I'm sure you know, we're not talking about Jewish people. We're talking about Jewish people being exploited and abused and the Jewish identity and the history and the culture being exploited and abused by political uh, people like, let's say, uh, John Kerry, uh, Mike Pence is a Zionist, Joe Biden is a Zionist, uh, in large parts, Trump was a Zionist, Jared Kushner is a Zionist. I mean, uh, Trump's daughter even converted to Judaism because she married uh, Kushner. When you have all of these different elements, we're not talking about Jews. We're talking about Zionists, and that's really the word that gets the censors and gets the social media algorithms pissed off. They don't like the word Zionism because that's where the real root source of the, um, of the issue is, I believe. So that's interesting that your friend brought that up. Um, and I, and I want to compare it to something. It, it's kind of like that flag that you say is flying higher than the Ukrainian flag there in New York, that rainbow flag. It's the same thing. It's, it's literal pedophiles exploiting homosexual culture to advance their personal narrative. It's white liberals exploiting a counterproductive and destructive, quote-unquote, black culture to advance their narrative. 
It's the exploitation of, of other groups to advance political or personal agendas. That's what I think it is anyway. And it's across the board. Yeah. Yeah, well, it is, and, and trust me, I know all about the censorship stuff because as soon as we end the show, I will have to delete the uh, the YouTube version of the show. It'll be <laughs> it'll be up everywhere else, but I'll uh, that's just Sorry it. about that. No, no, it, listen, it, it, I it, YouTube for me is just a live option for people at seven o'clock. It's not an archiving option. It hasn't been for a long time. I barely keep anything up there for much for much longer than a couple of days. But uh, it's true. It's true, and it's as you, I mean, wonderful disclaimers you gave at the end to like draw the lines and the nuance between the arguments because it, it's so hard to be able to say any of that stuff without, I mean, it, nobody is allowed to even get as far as you did to be able to draw those lines and calmly talk about how it's not about racism or xenophobia or this and that. It's just, there's things going on, and of course, it, the way, I think that the, the, the it's most interesting to see, or most obvious to me, to see the plotting in the ways that you can't talk about any of the plotters. You can't you you can't talk <laughs> about the plots because to talk about the plotters would be it's is sacrosanct, and um, and you can't you're not given enough time to even articulate what you put right there. So I'm glad that we were able to do it here. Um, getting away from, I have a couple of different things here. Well. I guess the first thing it would be this. I know you talk about digital currency. That's another thing that has a lot of people really prophetic, uh, focusing in on the prophecy side of things, the, the, the sign of the beast, the number of the beast, um, the digital dollar, the, the chip beneath the, the, the skin that is not only a way for all of your financial transactions to be done, but all of your medical information, travel passports, all of that. Digital dollar really just means it's going to be in part of the chip. It's going to be part of the tracking world economic forum. This is, this is what it is. But, um, on that end, there was also the Vatican bank calling all of its subsidiaries and partners to bring all their assets back home. That was a, about a week or two or three ago around the same time that we're getting a little bit more on this invest, this, uh, executive order to investigate the digital dollar here in the U S have you been doing any, uh, dives into that? I've heard about the executive order. I've not read it. I've not pulled it yet, but I've received about half a dozen emails on it. Uh, you're telling me that it's an executive order to investigate, to look into uh, the use of digital currency? Yes, yes. The, the cent central bank digital notes, the CBDC, they say. So, it, it, I mean, anything that they're investigating, they already know that they want to do. It's just like these pilot programs for universal basic income. Um, they're always going, they already know what they want to do. I just didn't know if uh, digital, digital currency was on the, on the radar for you at all. No, it, it certainly is. I just haven't discussed that EO, that executive order yet, but I know that at some of these, uh, world government, world, uh, government summits and, uh, the Davos meeting this year, you had people talking about, uh, there was a woman in particular who was talking about, uh, rewriting, a, a digital, uh, human bill of rights something to that effect. I don't know the quote off the top of my head, but a, a, a new bill of rights on a digital platform where we're going to be ha ha we're going to have to censor free speech to some degree because free speech is dangerous, it's offensive, etc. And they want to do that on a digital platform and and part of that talk and uh, some of the other talks at, at Davos this year. Um, I don't think it was actually in Davos. They had a meeting at the World Government Summit. I think that was in uh, it was in the Middle East somewhere, Saudi Arabia or somewhere like that. 
but they were discussing having uh, the digital uh, carbon footprint tracker. One of the guys that works, one of the top guys that works for Alibaba uh, for the United States uh, branch, he said something. Michael Evans is the guy's name. He said that they wanted to have a carbon footprint tracker that tracks what you buy, where you travel, how far you're traveling, et cetera, everything you consume on the platform. All these things, including the digital currency, um, here, here's what I think of. I think of, you ever heard of the Upside app? No. Or your, your cell phone? Okay, I get ads for this all the time, and I hear it on radio networks when they have advertisements during the breaks. Uh, it's, an up, it's a little ap application. It's called Upside. And it, what you do is you download it, and then you get discounts on overly priced gas and overly priced food. Um, I think the discounts come in the form of you get cash back. So you, I don't know if you spend 100 bucks, you get $5 back or something like that. But it, build, it builds up on the app, and then you get to cash that in. So you basically are making free money off things that already cost an excessive amount more than they should cost. Uh, so the Upside app, if you look at the website, this is just an example. If you look at their website, I did a whole show on this actually. They have uh, these disclaimers about what the company does with your data and what it does with your information. And I think that this is a stepping stone to that digital carbon footprint tracker that uh, Michael Evans talked about. And it all has to do with digital currency, by the way, too. As I'm sure, as I'm sure you recognize and know, because they're using the information to be able to track what you're buying, the food that you're consuming, how much gas you're buying, how far you're driving based on the gas you're buying, how often you buy the gas, where you're buying the gas from, the credit card, debit card purchases, etc. So they have all this information on everything that you're eating, where you're traveling, etc. And that can be used for a lot of different things. It can be it can be used to advertise to you. Uh, it can be used to uh, to track your movements for one reason or another, and it can be used to determine how much energy and how many resources you're using to determine if you, in the future, will be able to travel again or if you get uh, you know a certain amount of food rations, etc. This is all being discussed at these meetings and these these groups, whether it's Davos or you know all the other ones like the World Economic Forum in Davos, or it could be the the World Government Summit. Um, and I think it's applications like Upside that get us conditioned to this idea. Obviously, for a long time, we've been moving toward a digital currency, but I don't think digital currency is going to come about where one day the president just says, by the way, tomorrow, it's all digital. Turn in the physical dollar bills, burn them, whatever. They don't mean anything. We're just going to start using digital currency. It's an incremental process. And unfortunately, part of that system for the digital currency, you may disagree with me. And in fact, if you do disagree with me, I'd like you to, 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 to tell me and explain why. I feel that cryptocurrencies, most of them, in, in, in my opinion, including Bitcoin, I think all of it is to coerce us into accepting a cashless digital system, even if it temporarily works for us, even if some people make a lot of money off of it, to convince us that it's safe, to convince us that it's going to be secure, and to get us to step away from resources that are material. And once we step into that system, it's like a bear trap. It closes, and there isn't anything we can do, and there's no going back. Now, that's my opinion, and I think all that data collected from those apps, and I think the transition to cryptocurrency, even the, the good stuff that we, we call uh, Bitcoin a good, a good cryptocurrency, I think all of it is to coerce us and to lull us and to convince us subconsciously that this is a good, safe thing and we should participate in it. If not for those reasons, I mean, cash is dirty. It can spread disease, and cash is dangerous. Yeah. People could rob you, right? Yeah. That's my opinion. No, I, I'm, I'm with you on that because I'll tell you, um, I, I've had several episodes where, at least as a side or a secondary topic, I will ask those questions about value 
and uh, intrinsic value and and um, cryptocurrency. Now there have been a couple of meme coins and other things that have gone on, and I, I have played around in a very very minimalist sense with crypto as one would play around with you know the um, the the machines the. The, the machines that you would uh, you would get onto, the slot machines in a in a casino. I knew mm-hmm. at that point, you know, I'm just playing for, because think people were making ridiculous amounts of money so quick. So okay, this will be funny. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna buy a million coins of this stupid dog meme and see <laughs> and, and see what happens. But as far as everything else, I asked those th- those same questions. I have people like. Uh, Bill Altman, the founder of Minds.com, when he comes in here to talk to me or when we're, when we're talking uh, off air, um, he's been able to show me how outside of the whole currency speculation aspect of it, there is really amazing utility for the blockchain technology that goes into social media, how, pe- how it can make people unbannable, uh, all of the momentum and all of the data that you build up for yourself and whatever kind of product or show that you have, um, it, 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 how it could actually make fortify you in your position on the internet as a content creator that you know, a YouTube won't be able to take away uh, tens of thousands of subscribers from you at the drop of a hat. So when I've heard about the utility of what this technology can provide for people outside of this casino, this casino style currency speculation, um, you know, gold rush that everybody was going through over the last couple of years, that gave me pause, and I want to learn more about that. But I 100% agree with you. I do not. Uh, I, I cannot find myself. I cannot find a place where I would feel comfortable to have all of my all of my assets, everything I've ever worked for, living on a hard drive. Especially, yeah, I mean, I don't, I just don't, I don't, I don't see it. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, even if even if you you know the guy you had on and others would explain this to me in a way, and 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 maybe I made a million dollars off of it, great. But I'm probably going to invest that million dollars in, in in tangible resources. I just personally don't trust it, regardless of how how safe or how independent it's supposed to be. That's my personal opinion. Uh, I also feel we're talking about digital currencies in, in those ways, the Bitcoins and the cryptos. I just think of, I think of Margaret Sanger from Planned Parenthood. You know what Margaret Sanger did? She isolated black preachers and pastors, and they paid them a lot of money, probably threatened some of them. And Margaret Sanger said that we need to use black preachers and pastors to convince black people to be sterilized because she said that black people aren't going to trust crazy white woman coming to tell them they need to be sterilized. Maybe they'll trust their community pastor to tell them that, especially if it's a black community pastor. And I think that's, in my opinion, I think that's what's happening with a lot of the cryptocurrencies. Yeah, people are going to be allowed to make a lot of money and that's going to convince us that, hey, this is a, this is a good thing. This could make me uh, uh, wealthier. This could make me more independent. This and and it might make a lot of people more independent, and they might be able to get out of the quote unquote system. But I think overall, it's perhaps exemplified best by um by this thing that Visa did. Visa did this thing in New York City about five six years ago, where they went to some failing businesses or businesses that needed a little bit of extra money, uh, and they said, "Hey, we'll give you fifty thousand dollars, free money." And businesses, because they were either stupid or desperate or both, said, sure, I'll take the $50,000. The only catch was Visa gets to install 
a new cashless system in your restaurant or your business. And now from that point onward into the future forever and ever and ever, Visa collects a percentage that they get to keep of every single transaction that you make. And I think that's the Trojan horse of all of this. It's using people like you and I who maybe were made rich by it to convince other people to try it. And again, mm -hmm. that's where the bear trap comes in to convince us that, well, other people just like us made money. Maybe we can make money. Yeah. And if we all start trying to do that, then, I mean, you get the point. I, I absolutely do. And I know that we're, we're running out of time here. With you. Thank you for spending the entire hour with me. But uh, You got it. You got I, it. Now, as far as UFOs go, this is the last thing I want to ask you, because it's specific, I know that that's a whole other can of worms, but I wanted to get specific about something. These space missions, uh, a, lot of the, a, lot, a lot of increase in space missions, the UFO talk, uh, UFO, uh, uh, I would say... Uh, I don't know, disclosure in any way that the media could allow them after years of tormenting and taunting and making fun of people. Now they are the constant purveyors of new UFO, serious UFO headlines. And then the space missions, even if we're talking about just the satellite superhighway or as Elon Musk and SpaceX would call a constellation that they have gotten the rights to build in the skies where you're looking up at the sky at, at night and it, it looks like a highway. You could just, you just see them count satellites all night. So um, I was wondering if there's anything you have done on the SpaceX constellation that has been getting built in particular because uh, there's a difference between the rockets that even now we are seeing up here in New York that have traveled hundreds of miles from from florida to pass right over our houses over here very weird to see florida launched rockets showing up in new york and just making a tour it's like it went on the east coast tour over the weekend and and then to also see these other the other um uh footage of the constellations doing these sync synchronized blinking in order, it it reminds me of the Phoenix Lights from the 1990s. Did you ever see though that footage? I, I did, and we just had something kind of similar like that uh, here in Tucson a few weeks ago as well. So, so a little, what you, a little smaller. Have you have you have you given any thought to that? Has, has it inspired you to do any specific digging? Because I, I don't know. It's uh, it's getting it's getting odd for me. Are, are you asking? Uh, more so from the point of view, you just want to know what my opinion is on those those types of endeavors? I guess so, because I, I don't want to, uh, like I said, UFO topic can be an entire show. Yeah, So, definitely. you know, that I wanted to get a little bit more specific about that since this, this, you know, this latest SpaceX rocket going up the East Coast, which is very rare for us to see something like that. It's just part of this ever-growing culture of constant activity in the sky constant reporting on ufos it's uh you know as i said if it was 1997 the world would be standing still with all these headlines but nobody even cares so uh what are you thinking well nobody even cares that's kind of what it feels like and it's felt like that for a long time now people don't seem to be cared about uh, care about uh, uh rockets or space shuttles or anything maybe part of the reason for that is because we are so inundated with movies of science fiction and futuristic technology that we just think, and, and I think rightfully so, uh, we wonder, why are they still using rocket fuel to send these craft into space? Aren't we uh, way beyond that? I mean, look how much cars have advanced since the 1960s. We still can't advance uh, in rocketry. 
In fact, it seems like we've degressed in rocketry. Look at the Saturn V rocket. Holy crap, that thing was... It, it, I mean, I've seen the, uh, the, the remnants of what they have at Kennedy Space Center. I'll tell you also, I don't necessarily buy that NASA's always telling the truth. I think, as Jim Marsh said, NASA means never a straight answer. But look at just the idea of building it, even if it never launches. The technology and the engineering that goes into the Saturn V rocket is just otherworldly by Werner von Braun and his it's not Nazi scientists. But today, they, they couldn't even get this uh, Artemis mission off the ground just a few weeks ago. A crack in the fuel tank, fuel leaking, crack here, crack there. There's three delays. I think there's three delays. Yeah, three different delays. How, how is that possible? In 2022, you can't get a simple rocket off the ground, but in the 60s, we got this giant... I, th I think part of it has to do with Obviously, there are economic aspects to this where we could make more money here on Earth, so the money, is, the money that we have is diverted to investments here on Earth. Um, it's not as feasible to mine or to do things out in space as of yet. Um, I think that part of the issue is also we are so, not just with uh, resources, but with, um, with current events and media, we're not concerned with what's going on in the moon. We're concerned with what Trump's doing today or what some celebrity is doing today. And that's where our attention is diverted. And I think a lot of that is, um, maybe not a lot, but some of that is certainly intentional because it takes us away from looking into the heavens, looking into the stars, and contemplating uh, life and existence and intelligence beyond our planet, which is expansive and um, God-esque, if you will. And I think uh, religious-minded people, I don't know if I'd call myself spiritual even, but a as an individual who is interested in these things, I find that to be enlightening and humbling to look at the stars. I was just out at the uh, Tucson Mountain Park or the Saguaro National Forest the other night, two nights in a row. Uh, I had Art Bell on, old Art Bell, and I was looking at the stars. Wonderful. And it's, it's a humbling experience, and it's beautiful, and it's, it's inspiring. And I think part of the reason we don't focus on that is because if we focus on the celebrity, we focus on the politics, we focus on the resources and the wealth here, we're never going to, what Elon Musk wants to do, be able to travel into the stars. And that's a very regressive, um, I'd say it's a regressive, for lack of a better word, based on what else we've been talking about tonight, it seems to be the ideology of globalism and scientism to get us to focus on the material and to prevent us from imagining what is beyond, at least temporarily, our reach. So we never reach for the stars. We never uh, become more than we are. And that's a very regressive, very de-evolutionary, very anti-human ideology. I, that's my thoughts on the, on the space issue. And I think Elon Musk, he might not be a great guy. My opinion is I think Elon Musk is kind of like a robot. He's not really good or bad. He, he does some stuff that's good. He says some stuff that's good, but he might not be a great guy at the end of the day. Ultimately, though, um, it's sad that we have to rely on independent agencies uh, that people, or businesses rather, that people create, entrepreneurs create, um, than government-funded programs that could uh, could probably do a lot more than Elon Musk is doing with their resources. Well, I I I, I actually I'm on the opposite side of that one. I I was with you right yeah. into the I was I was with you right into the last 15 seconds. I I wish that it was more decentralized. We were more scientifically decentralized. I mean, a, a, SpaceX is largely subsidized by the federal government, so they're not even sure 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 they're not even really that. Uh, that that apart and i would love to see art and science completely taken away from government uh, overview and and uh, government taxed 
and stolen money as it is. But <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm totally right there with you as far as the the kind of this. It's become this regressive background noise when we talk about where we are. New human horizons. For example, last night Jupiter's arrival this week. It was as close. The the planet was as close to uh, Earth as it will be for another thousand years. I wonder how many people actually walked out of their house even temporarily to take a look at it or even uh even contemplate if unless it was an overcast you know you know it's funny funny you mentioned that two things one going back to the point that you you said we disagree on um i i don't think we actually disagree i think maybe i just explained it uh wrong uh uh, i didn't explain it well enough i'm saying from the point of view that even if elon musk or others if, if i started a space program if i had a trillion dollars um, my resource base is not going to be as big as the federal government. So if we could work in a way where we got the government's resources, mixed it with private enterprise, I think we could do a lot better than just simply subsidizing one or one or two individuals. That, that's more so what I mean. Indeed. Um, I, I understand. And that, it, it, it definitely makes a lot of sense. Just, uh, it just that with, with government money comes... Uh, political biases that they want to oh, have yeah. affirmed. Yeah. You know, everybody that gets some money to go and st- study the climate, they better come back and say that the climate is out of control and the only thing that can fix yeah. it is voting for Democrats. So, uh, <laughs> because other than that, it's it's no use to them. But, Ryan, you have spent uh, a great deal of time with me tonight as a primer and hopefully a really wonderful, uh, one of many times that you, you come on in the future. Why don't you let everybody know how to watch your show, uh, How because you're, you're live at 10 p.m. Eastern time tonight? 10 p.m. Pacific Pacific, time. Pacific, okay. Yeah. So let, uh, Pacific. let everybody know how to find you. Well, 10 p.m. Pacific, and it is thesecretteachings.info. That's the website. You'll find uh, the archive there. Uh, there are advertisements in the archive, so I have a subscription service. That's how we finance the show, uh, along with the free archive, which when you listen to those ads, we get a little bit of money from that. That's how we support the show. But the show is completely free to listen on those archives or Ground Zero dot radio, also the Aftermath FM application, free to download, free to access on the Internet. And right after Clyde Lewis's show is over, Secret Teachings comes on again 10 p.m. Pacific, and that's Monday through Friday, five nights a week. Also throughout the day, if you go to Ground Zero dot radio or Aftermath FM, you'll hear Clyde, and then you'll hear me, Clyde and then me, replays all day, totally free. And uh, the only commercials are the commercials from my show, so there's no additional ads. So lots of ways to listen free if you don't become a, a subscriber. Uh, and also the last thing is uh, I've got a couple of books on my website that I've written. Check those out at thesecretteachings.info. My new book is called Liberty Shrugged. And uh, my other books, The Technological Elixir and uh, book I'm about to send you, Occult Arcana. So those are uh, lots of information. I just I pulled up a couple of my books on my desk here. Uh, they're pretty thick books. These are very thick books it'll be it'll so go and when it gets pamphlets. in I, I'm, I'm hoping to have some I'm hoping to, to start putting together a study uh, sometime soon I, I don't know when the hell it'll happen but it needs to for my life to be complete I need all my books out <laughs> of the Rubbermaid containers but your book is going to be right next to Mark Booth's so and, I, and when I saw that there was a little bit of a uh, there was a, a foreword or an endorsement from Mark Booth himself said wow okay this is great so I'm just building He's up a my great little, author isn't he yeah yeah, it really was, and I got that book. I think Lauren, my wife, got me that uh, his uh, secret history of the world. Is that what it's called? Yes, she, yes. I, I got that for my. Uh, I don't know. I think it was one holiday or another, and I got to read through it again because it is fascinating, and that's the kind of stuff that makes me really wonder. But uh, 
Ryan Gable, you've been a wonderful guest tonight, and thank you for spending some time with us. I will uh, I will talk to you soon and and uh, and have a wonderful show tonight. I appreciate it, and I'm glad we had a teeny tiny sort of disagreement because it makes it more real. Oh yes, it makes it more real. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll I'll find more things. We'll we'll find something to, to butt heads on down the line. But I, I like asking questions and just letting people uh, go for it because then then afterwards I can hear what the audience thinks and. And uh, I think that's a lot more productive. I don't, uh, yep, yep. you know. All right, man. Well, have a good one. Thank you so much for everything. All right. Hey, do you, I'm sorry, one last thing. Do you have, uh, did you give out my email earlier? Because I was in and out of the show as you were talking earlier. Oh, no, no. Did, did you want me to uh, give your email out? Yeah, yeah, I normally do. If anybody wants to uh, send me a message directly, don't even have to go through you, rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. Especially for the people that might be offended. I, I don't want people just sending you the messages. Send them to me and. And, and I'll talk to you. You said R.D. Gable. R.D. Gable at Yahoo. Yes, sir. That's okay. correct. And, and if they do send me some, I'll just forward over to you. So, Perfect. So don't worry. We'll, we'll make sure that uh, you get all the feedback that's coming to you, my friend. And have a wonderful night and a great show. You as well. Thank you so much for having me on. You got it. Be well. Hey, bye-bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen. It is... What time is it? 8.35. We're going to want a really quick break. When we come back, your super chats, a couple of calls. We'll see if we have time for some doctor nurse stories. But uh, that was great. I had a really good time. I'm glad he was on. And I'd love to have him back. What did you think? I'll be going into your comments in just a few moments. So get them in. Quite frankly, superchat.com. Be part of the show tonight and support the show. Thank you so much. Welcome to Intermission. We'll, we'll be right back. Yeah, Intermission. Quite frankly. 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 We all support quite frankly. Not quite. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. Yeah. Quite frankly, in Roma, Italia. Quite frankly, you're going on Frank's show tonight? I really like you. You're very smart. So everybody watch. Quite frankly. With Frank. Quite frankly. Quite frankly. 
back are we? Back are we? 914-595-6953 is the number. And we will uh, get to some of your calls in just a little bit. We have them get those flowing in as I'm going through all of these. All right. On Rockfin, we'll start there. Got a tip from Adam Tucker. What is going on, Adam? It's good to see you out there. Thank you for joining me tonight. Uh, quite frankly, superchat.com, one-way mail. We're leading off with one-way mail. Says, uh, this is a small moose. Is this a small moose in her bed? Just saying. Oh, she's, oh, oh Mel is talking about the, the chihuahua in the bed. I, I don't know what that means. I guess it means a lot. Of, it's a lot of crap for such a small dog. Could be. Could be. Surprised that I don't have uh, more more people uh, commenting and asking questions about this. But uh, Mike and Robin says, Thank you for the postcard. It was very much appreciated. We love the fact that your show is viewer interactive. Keep up the good work. Oh, I'm glad you liked it, Mike and Robin. Yeah, those postcards have been going out big time. The, the Aurora second year postcard special that we did up until last last week was um a lot of fun a lot of fun and lauren found a way to make it very doable where we got the nice picture of me and aurora at the at the aquarium then lauren wrote like thank you or something from i i think from aurora and then, but of course, it's written on top of Aurora. I told you, she's two years old, so she sat down every day for about five to ten minutes and gleefully, with a crayon in each hand, going nuts on all of these postcards. She had such a fun, fun time, and it was so much better than last year where she we couldn't get her to do anything. You know, um, but uh, but yeah, I just did that, um, and then of course I signed. So Lauren made it like a, it was a factory. We were able to get these out pretty quick. I'm glad everybody liked them. We'll keep doing more stuff like that. No worries. Uh, over on to the pilled. Oh, did I even get that? Let's see. Where are we? There we are. There we are. Hold on one second. Then we'll go to our calls. 914-595-6953. Call in now. Witchy Poo 22 thank you for the cookie. Sean Joe says, always interesting show. And then Just Because says, Ryan Gable was an excellent guest. Hope he comes on your show again. Bob, don't worry. I think we uh, we did well tonight, and I think I think he'll come back. That's just my, my thought. I've been doing this a while. I can tell when a guest has a good time and when they're just trying to get through. I think he'll want to come back, and I'd love to have him. All right, I just want to also let you know that the new thread that is up on the, quite frankly, forum, the DNA Ancestry Stories, the good, the bad, and the mind-blowing, that has already gotten a nice bit of response. I think we got about eight or nine responses there. I want to get that up to about 15 or 20 before we go for it. So if you have any incredible stories about DNA Ancestry investigations, Finding things that you didn't expect that might have been uh, exciting, might have been a little disappointing if you think the whole thing's a scam, or if just if, if it led you to something so unexpectedly mind-blowing, 
so far, it's been great what I've seen in there. And, of course, that, that wonderful call last night to end the show really was great. Because, once again, we're talking about just human stories. And it just feels good when you get that authentic about things. All right, what else do we have here? Doctors and nurses stories we can get to in just a second. 842. No, you know what? We'll do doctors and, doctors and nurses tomorrow. I got uh, a whole two hours to hang out with you guys, and I'm going to be taking calls, and we'll have a lot of fun with that. So for, for tonight, I think we're bottlenecked because not one call has come through. I haven't gotten a call since Monday night. <laughs> That's not right. That's not real. I saw the live numbers across all of the all of the platforms. That's bullshit. So uh, let me. I'm going to do one one last thing here. I'm going to quit Skype and bring it back up and take one or two calls, and then we are off for the night. Nine one four five nine five six nine five three. Let's see if anything comes through now. We're going to count down from five, and then I'm just saying, wonderful show, and we'll see you tomorrow. Four, three, there's Chris. Hello, Chris. What's going on? Frank. How are you? Hold you down. Come on now. No, no, no. I, I knew it's, I, I, I know the deal here, so I just have to give it a little bit, but how are you feeling tonight, my friend? Doing great. What an awesome guest. This, this guy won. You know, uh, you don't want to be. It's sometimes a, a, a voice for radio is like a, a derogatory statement. You know, that guy's voice is freaking soothing. I can listen to that guy talk all day. Well, great. Way, that's not the point. You know, but but that guy is full of more information and more more just knowledge than than we could ever have asked for. You know, and and I, I and I don't I don't know if he's listening or not, but I hope he comes back as many times as, as possible because because again i can i can listen to him go all night so i just want to say thank you for having such a such a great guest your your guests have just gotten better and better since i've started watching the show i'm glad and, you, you like know I, I i hate to be the, the bearer of, of bad luck but i don't think judge hit a home run since we last talked so i'm trying to get him off this night here for you no um, no i know he's he's been uh it's been like five or six games he's been pitched around um there have been there have been plenty of people who have pitched to him directly, and he's just missed some pitches. He's still hitting. I mean, he's still getting the singles, oh, and singles, doubles. I mean, he's still in in the the triple crown hunt, but he's just stuck on sixty. And all he needs is just one to to share the record. Yeah. I don't know. We got about six or seven games to go. It'll be interesting. I'm I'm still watching every at bat of his. With and, and holding I mean, my breath. How could you not? Yeah, I know. Well, anyway, exactly. I'm yeah. glad you like the show tonight, yeah. Chris. Thanks for the call. Every night. Thank you, Frank. Yeah, take care. Always looking for new guests to sprinkle into the middle there. New things to talk about. And uh, especially to have people in the bullpen that we can bring in, if they're available, of course, to talk about current events from unseen perspectives. You know? God forbid, can you imagine people who you see a headline and they say, oh, I need to hear what Oliver Darcy has to say about this. Oh, say a prayer. Say a prayer for the person who goes to, who, who's curious as to what Oliver Darcy has to say about world events. Say a prayer for them. If you know, if you know any, please say a prayer. Tim from California. What's going on, Tim? 
Frank, how the hell are you doing? Hold on a second. Let me go to my phone. There we go. Is that better? Yes, 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 yes. Awesome. Hey, man, great interview with the, uh, the gentleman you had on tonight. I'm sorry, I can't remember his name, but um, wow. He had a lot of really good perspectives on a lot of stuff, man. It gets deep. It gets uh, it gets pretty pretty deep there, and I, I I've just heard so many um, so many of those types of breakdown and analyses from him over the the months and almost over I think well over a year and a half maybe. So I'm glad that we were able to get a little bit of a taste tonight. It was more of an introduction to what he does. So in the future, maybe we'll just do little spot appearances to talk about things that are really bubbling up and uh, whatever it is going on in. In society, uh, I think that the the monarchy conversation tonight was was more than enough of a good uh, taste test. Yeah. That was an intense one. Yeah, that was like a like a wild mind blown. Like like you said, like drinking water from a fire from a fire hydrant. You know? Yeah. Probably one that knowledge comes out, but yeah, you got to dig into that kind of stuff to actually get it. You know. Um, like I said before, you know, I was a Q-tard in the, in the way back time, and well, I, I can't say Q-tard. There's a lot of stuff that Q did to bring out information to people. Uh, Tim, uh, Tim, am I on speakerphone, Tim? Tim, Tim, Tim. Tim. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Tim. Sorry, my friend. Uh, no speakerphones allowed, ladies and gentlemen. It sounds horrible. I know. I know you want everybody in the room to to be part of the fun, but uh, that was bad. Let's see. Let's go over to uh, first time caller line. What we have? To be free in here with me. What's going on? To be. Yeah, I, I was just curious about your thoughts on um, Alex Jones's lawyers. When they sent all that information through, uh, I think it was what text messages. Um, what, what, what is that really? Po- is it really possible to make a a, a mistake that bad? What if, I don't see. I don't know. Um, I don't. I, I'm sorry, but I don't keep up with the trial situation too much. When I see really good highlights, I'll put them on the show. But I haven't been watching any like the um the 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 viva fry and all that stuff breakdowns what happened with the lawyers I, can you send me anything to read uh no i i probably know just very little but i i i know that they sent a whole bunch of his uh private records or something through um Text message? Yeah, I, I, was, I was actually hoping okay. to learn something from you. I guess. <laughs> well, uh, no, yeah, I'm so I'm sorry I couldn't help you out to be free. Uh, anything else you want to say? I, since I, I have another question. Go ahead. Uh, this whole adrenochrome stuff. Um, is there any actual police records of that, or is that just another thing? I don't some know. Some kind of urban legend, or no, no, it's real. Uh, I just don't know if there's any police records of of things like that. I, I don't know who you can ask either. Um, but it, it is, uh, it's not so much of an urban legend. It's definitely has a lot of pop culture history behind it. And, uh, the, the chemical compound itself, thank you for the call is, is real. Um, I don't know where you can find Maybe the next time that the Zells are on, I can ask them about that in particular, but, uh, to be free calling in on the first time caller line. I wish I could help them a little bit more. I wish I could help him just a little bit more. 
than I did, which wasn't at all. All right. That's it. It's 8.50-something, and I appreciate you all for hanging out. We'll do a little bit more of this tomorrow night when we can do multiple topics, and uh, and I'll, I'll figure some more really good stuff for us to share together. But thank you for the time. Thank you again to Ryan Gable for being my guest, and I hope you all go check out his show tonight. That's at, what, 1 a.m.? 1 a.m. Eastern Time? on thesecretteachings.info or thegroundzero.radio, which I every once in a while I still go and listen to Clyde Lewis when I'm not just dead tired at the end of the night. But I thank you guys and gals for being my company, and tomorrow is another day, so I'll see you then. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, it's film before a live studio audience, and now our super chatter, starting with One Way Mel and Adam Tucker and all of our wonderful friends on Foxhole. I am undoing and scratching your backs right now. There you go. The scratching has been released. We will see you guys tomorrow. Thank you for everything, and thank you uh, for your time especially. Good night.